0: Welcome in to another episode of Divorce Force Podcast. My name is Adam, and it is summertime finally here to welcome in Athelton High School graduate Towson Tiger and 14 West Develop Operation System Administrator Gary Smoliak. What's going on, man?
1: Hey, what's up, Adam? Nice to be here. Thanks for having me on.
0: Yeah, man, it's it's been a minute, but... Glad you have you on. What's uh, how's everything been, and you know how you've been. You know, getting through uh, you know the COVID situation.
1: Man, I mean, it, it's been a little bit challenging, but I'm I'm lucky enough to uh, that my my firm has had me working from home. They set me up for success, gave me a computer, gave me a screen, and I've just been able to work out of a uh, work out of my house and pretty much transition into like a remote environment without I mean too many difficulties. And then I'm lucky that. My family's uh, not too far away, so um, I was still able to see him. Maybe not as much as I'd like to, but I, we were still fairly close. And obviously, with the with all the technology we have nowadays, with Zoom and FaceTime and all that other stuff, <laughs> it was yeah. uh, it was pretty easy to just pick up the phone and give him a call any any time, pretty much.
0: Yeah, for sure. And and the working home environment. Uh, you're over there at 14 West. You know, tell me about uh, that experience. You've been over there for about uh, three years now, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. So June fifth is actually my third year anniversary. Nice. Congratulations. Um, thank you. Uh yeah, it's it's been quite a journey. Honestly, like when I when I got the uh little email that said like congrats on your three years, I was like, Man, has it really been three years? Like <laughs> it feel it, it, it kinda of feels like I just, just graduated yesterday and like just got my diploma. Like seeing seeing all the all the people's Facebook posts with their virtual diplomas, I'm just like, damn, I feel like that just happened yesterday. But <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I feel like I've learned a lot there and I'm, I'm really, I'm really glad to have been afforded that opportunity pretty much straight out of like college to uh, join a fantastic team of really smart people who do really cool and um, publishing. They, so basically the company, um, I'm going to go off on a tangent here. They, yeah. they're, a publish- they're a publishing company. But they focus mostly on like marketing and uh, like subscription content, like magazines, even like nutrition and supplement stuff. So the company took a hit during COVID, but luckily the field that I'm in in IT, it kind of put us in a good spot because no matter the situation, you're still going to need IT. With all the people now like working from home, the demand on our team was basically higher than ever because we had to ensure that everybody else in the company was set up for success when uh Due to the really like, um, what's the word for it? Short-term uh, time constraint that everybody just immediately started working from home.
0: Yeah, that's awesome, and uh, mm-hmm. it's interesting that you're in IT. Um, I've actually I'm in tech sales, and you know, I would have never imagined um, you know the technology opportunity out there uh, if it wasn't for my first opportunity. Um, and gym sales at the Columbia Association. But, you know, tell me, tell me what you've learned being in IT. You know, you had a couple of internships uh, before you had that opportunity with 14 West. Uh, So tell me, you know, your interest in the IT field and what you've learned so far.
1: So, my my interest in IT kind of came from from my parents to my parents uh they started out in IT and then gradually they transitioned to more so like computer science uh like coding and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I honestly I I never had much luck with it um, <laughs> in high, So I took I took ComSci 1. I don't know if you if you remember uh Ms. Reynolds. I had her yeah. for uh, yeah, I had for her for ComSci AP and I hate to say it, but she really just she really just ruined the experience for me. <laughs> so after that, I kind of just couldn't really see myself uh like sitting in front of a computer and just coding all day. So I just kind of started focusing more on like uh, a concrete discipline, such as IT, where it's like a pretty straightforward task is laid out in front of you and you, you have to solve it. And nowadays I feel like I've kind of transitioned away from that. And I feel like sometimes my, my job kind of borderlines back into that abstract like computer programming concept, because I'll be given like a challenge and there's no real set, way to solve it so i mm-hmm. have to come up with a solution myself and get creative usually just use google or whatever other resources are available to me so i think i think that's really cool and some of these internships have taught me that like no matter how difficult the challenge is if you just rely on like what what resources are um there uh like for you to use then kind of like anything is possible
0: that's awesome that, that's great you know working on those uh, type of projects can definitely be challenging. You know, take me through your typical day or week. You know, in your current role right now.
1: Um, my my typical day at work,
0: or yeah, just like in your in your current role right now. Like, what is that? What does your typical day or typical week look like in your current role?
1: Um. Let's see. Uh. Well, my typical day is start the work day at like nine. Um. We usually start with like a daily, like a daily morning meeting where everybody kind of goes over like what they have going on for the day, what their challenges, their blockers are, um, what other people on the team can kind of do to facilitate their work. So that that's a typical start of the day, and then we kind of just jump into other meetings that we have. I'm mostly doing um support, so I sit on like a like a queue, and anytime people send in content to me that they that they need help with um usually i'll i'll help out with that or i'll juggle it between um my other coworker that we we pretty much share the same role so that, that's usually a typical day for me some days we have like more meetings than others some days we'll, uh, yeah <laughs> we'll do um what's the word for it oh we'll have um we'll have like a project meeting where like we're, we're starting on a new project so that'll usually be a more intense day or there will even be some days where like the system that we're in charge of will crash I and mean, then that that gets, that tends to be really stressful <laughs> because like the whole company is counting on you where they're like oh it's not working so immediately spotlights on you and you got to act fast drop everything and, and go exactly so, uh, I, that, <laughs> yeah that happened that happened last week and luckily it was like on a friday toward the end of the day but we jumped on it quick and we 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 got to figure it out that, so that that's, was, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's a great feeling yeah. to be able to to be even though sometimes it's your fault that something breaks it's a good feeling <laughs> to to jump on it and, and figure it out
0: yeah that's awesome and how many like tickets or issues are you have do you have to handle throughout the day is there is there like because i know being in sales there's a certain quota but is do you do you have a quota or is there like does it depend on the day
1: uh, so it really just depends on the day. We we really don't have a quota, but we're we're basically expected to handle everything that comes up to us uh comes into us. We have we have something called an SLA, which stands for service level agreement. So for the type of work that I do our service level agreement or SLA is uh 40 hours so one week. Um but we we usually try to turn around stuff faster than that cuz most of the stuff that comes into us is like quick um uh, like quick changes like somebody mm-hmm. needs permission to uh-huh. access something. But like some of the some of the harder work where like somebody wants like they have a problem and what I was saying earlier where they want it solved but there's no clear cut way to do it. Like some of the work where we have to get creative or maybe leverage something that um, wasn't initially like laid out in like the instructions that you kind of have to use Google or like online forms to to try to like pick hand pick the solution together yourself. So stuff like that, that'll usually push toward the, the week. And if it if it goes over the week, then we actually put the work into what's called a sprint which is like a two-week rotation where we work on like development tasks where we're kind of like developing new features for the for the application and if it gets thrown in there then we have obviously have more time more time to do it but at the same time more eyes on us because then I have to document if have, I have to document my work more um more specifically because if I'm just working like out of the queue like the, the goal is there to turn around the work as fast as I can Mm -hmm. and when you turn around stuff quick you usually don't have enough time to take like detailed notes but when you um if you throw it in the the two-week sprint then it's kind of expected that you take notes on it you do a weekly write-up on all the all the long-term work that you've done so that um well so that first off my boss can read over it and (laughs) see the great work that I see the great work that I'm doing and also also for me so that if the issue ever arises again I can go back and I'll know exactly how to fix it
0: yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah, that's great. And what are some examples? I mean, obviously, some of the things. What are some examples that that would fall under that two-week period, or that longer period?
1: Um, let's see. So somebody recently asked me. So I work on. I should probably take a few steps back here and explain, like, kind of what <laughs> the um, software that I work on is. the The software is called Jira, and it's a project management software where people are basically able to keep track of. Like projects or any type of like work that they're doing, mm-hmm. and so if people put in, um, so there's a quick request where somebody's like, "Oh, can you open a, a new project for me so I can keep track of tasks?" That's like a like a five ten minute thing because there's there's a clear cut process for it. You go in and you just hit create new project. Uh-huh. But if somebody puts in a request, um, I got one last week. With, um, you can make like dashboards on there so that you can basically yep. like organize how uh, all your tasks come in. And the one problem somebody had was the, like the description of all the tasks, like people like to write like paragraphs for the description. And when you're <laughs> when you're displaying all that content on a dashboard, each of those like essay long descriptions, they basically, they make the table look like really unneat. Or oh, Yeah, exactly. Because, uh, uh, I, yeah. Because <laughs> basically the one, uh, all, the, all the, most of the columns will be like short, but you'll have that one column of the description that's like really long and just makes the table look really unorganized. So somebody came <laughs> to me last week and they were like, oh, can you do something to basically, like, cut the, like, put a dot, dot, dot after, like, the first, like, 100 characters. So I had to go and basically write my own or try to write my own code for it to figure out a way to shorten that description field. And I actually, I haven't even finished doing it yet. I've, I've run into some <laughs> trouble, but I've learned a whole lot along the way about, about coding and how, like, Jira, the, the software itself, works from, like, a back-end standpoint like what 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 goes on behind the scenes cuz most of the work i do is kind of like i click and type stuff in but all of that coding and um going in the like the, the back door of the software and kind of getting like uh what's a good expression for it like down and dirty and it's yeah. like that actually yeah i guess that's, that's one way you could phrase it so and yeah i is, I'd say i learned a whole lot about that sorry guys
0: no that's awesome i love that and where does the software that you work on, where is that applied? Is that just an internal for the organization or is that also used uh, for clients as well?
1: So this, this software is just, uh, it's internal. It's used just by the employees basically to streamline their work. So like some of the, like, the publishing stuff like the fulfillment, like payment processing, like that all gets like recorded in the software. So it's, it's mainly for internal people. But then it's also used for like IT help desk. There's like a different part of the software that tracks like people's computer problems. So that's like where I work out of.
0: Nice. That's awesome.
1: So some yeah. of the uh, some of the end users, they'll if they have like uh, computer problems, they'll also put in tickets through this through this. Uh, there's like a customer portal that they can use that looks all like pretty and nice, and <laughs> inviting and easy to use. So we're we're in charge of like maintaining that too and in, ensuring that. The portal is up, and that people can submit tickets when they need to submit tickets.
0: Yeah, that that's awesome. I love that. And there's, you know, a lot of with the pandemic going on. And you know, I'm sure you've been extremely busy with that, keeping people uh, safe. You know, what are some misconceptions, you know, with Nit?
1: Like relating to COVID, or just just in general, that you think just I should, like, touch uh,
0: on? yeah, just in general, or even during you know during the pandemic. Yeah, like, what are some uh, you know, kind of things or misconceptions that people have about either with NIT or you know entering the IT field?
1: Well, I feel like some people uh, they they see IT as like miracle workers so they can just kind of <laughs> get everything done, and like when when they all go home and they just expect all their all their computers to like magically work as if they never left the <laughs> office. That's just that's just realistically <laughs> that's just realistically not the case. Um, like like a good example, of that would be my roommate. He um he started working from home, and he to this day has been having like a ton of issues with his computer, and that's just because <laughs> his partly because his IT department hasn't really they they didn't have enough time to prepare like the entire company to move, to move remote. Mm-hmm. So some people just kind of I guess expect that everything will work as soon as no matter no matter where they are, what what the situation is. So in in the case that uh, you do go home and you're lucky enough that your um, uh, all your computer and all your technology is working as if you never left the office, then you have a really great IT department and you should be really thankful for them. Um, another, I guess, misconception would be that IT is strictly just fixing people's computers so my role in IT, I don't I don't actually lay hands on like any computer other than my own. Like I don't, I don't if somebody says like my computer won't turn on, that's that's not my job. My my role in IT is more so from like an applications uh, standpoint. What I was just saying, mm-hmm. where I help people with their uh, basically with their requests pertaining to um, this JIRA application. So when people say IT, it's not necessarily just strictly like hardware. There's there's many <laughs> Many layers to many layers to IT overall.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. Um, and and being out, you know, uh, in the workforce, it's definitely been great to see. Especially being in the startup environment, uh, you know, a lot of IT people. they I mean, they're great. And you mentioned they're they're not just people who who fix things, even though uh, sometimes that is a goal. It's not the only goal. Um, so that that's awesome that that you mentioned that. And just talk about, because internships are huge, and a lot of times uh, some students have had their internships canceled. uh, Some students have found other opportunities. But how important was it for you to get internships while you were at Towson?
1: So honestly, yeah, thank you for asking that, Adam. That internships, I would say, were crucial to my career development. I think without getting my foot in the door, I would not have been anywhere remotely close to where I am today. So, I would say to anybody who's trying to get into the field, even now with like covid it's still crucial mm-hmm. to try to get your hands on some kind of internship or relatable um- uh, related field work, regardless of whether it's remote or in person. I think it's still super important, and that that's what got me where I am today
0: yeah, that's awesome um yeah, as far as like what you learn most about your internship experience. You know, what was your approach to getting those internships? Because I know when I was at school, you know, you had to treat it like a full time job. And was there any like, did, did, I know, does Towson have like a career services uh, to, to kind of guide you in a way to, you know, see what kind of internships you were looking for?
1: was actually a really great or they had really great resources for us i actually i didn't really rely on them too much other other than using the uh the internship classes credit toward graduation but the school does have a career office and i know most many colleges universities have that where you can go in they'll they'll take your they'll even take a picture for your linkedin profile um <laughs> they'll help you write your resume they'll put you in contact with companies that are partnered with the school so towson for example they have a partnership with Tiro Price. They have a huge like connection with them, so a lot of people will get placed into internships with them, especially if you're in like the finance industry. But I know even in like IT, they have several um, several opportunities usually that are available there. That some buddies of mine were fortunate enough to get their hands on. Um, another thing they do, which is I think is super important, is they can do interview coaching because like not everybody in the world is like the best public speaker. Like people they get shy they'll (laughs) interview because it it really takes a toll on you mentally like you're you're speaking with someone you've never met and especially in times like now like right now when you're probably interviewing over something like zoom or webex like it's it's tough because you're seeing the person face to face and um it's just a whole different dynamic so some something like interview coaching is i think is super important and if the school is willing to and able to provide that kind of uh guidance for you then I think you should definitely jump on it regardless of like how good of a public speaker you think you are I think that you should still take it
0: yeah that that that's awesome I love that and just as far as your strategy um, and and of course uh, my school definitely had you know interviewing tips and Tricks as far as as that, and that was certainly helpful. Uh, I got to know the mm-hmm. the people in career services very well. Um, but as far as you know, your yeah, strategy, sure. w- you know, what was your own strategy as far as getting certain internships that you wanted and making sure that you know they made sure they took a look at uh, yourself.
1: Um. So. I mean, the most important thing in regard to internship, internships is, I think I, I said it earlier, you just, you have to, you have to get your foot initially in the door. So once you kind of get that first internship, which that usually comes through like that relationship with like a family member or like a friend or a friend's parents, like somebody, somebody that you have connections with. So that's, that's why like having these connections is crucial for that like first internship. Cause not, I feel like it's not super common for you to kind of just like get lucky and get the internship because that <laughs> yeah. does happen, but most most people, they get that initial um, the job or internship through somebody that they know. So once you go there, it's super important to learn as much as you can there. Have your boss before you leave, I, I found this super important, have them help you edit your resume to basically go over like the duties or tasks or accomplishments that you did at that internship so that you can add that to your resume. Because then what, what that does is when you go ahead and next summer or months or uh, whatever time period you're applying for that next job or internship, the employer, they'll be able to see like, oh, hey, look, you did all this at your um, your previous internship. And that looks really cool. Like you stand out from like the rest of the applicant pool. So doing something like that at every internship, just making sure you have that list of tasks and all the work and like list of accomplishments that you did, that I think really will help you stand out because they'll see that you basically took the time and the effort to to make that and that you truly care and you that you're in a sense passionate about what you're doing so i think that i think that alone for me really it obviously didn't allow me to land every single internship <laughs> that i wanted but it definitely made it easier to um to at least get a job because there, there's one summer this is going to sound crazy there's one summer <laughs> Probably like sophomore year of high school, I I applied for probably close to a hundred jobs. Thank 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 God for uh like Indeed, where you can kind of just upload <laughs> your resume and like <laughs> mass apply to tons of jobs. So I did that, and I think I only got like one job offer out of <laughs> all those a hundred jobs. So the odds are really just the odds are really just stacked against you. Like even even if you have all these uh, other internships like under your belt, it's it's still really challenging, especially now with COVID. So doing like the little stuff like that, I think is just really, really, really important. And obviously like leveraging help from your school or any other, I guess, resources that you uh, you have available to you.
0: Exactly, man. You said it so well. Uh, you, you think, you know, with us graduating college and what people are graduating with the internship experience, if you'd bring that back like 10 years, Oh my gosh. Like, People would be knocking at the door, but it's a very competitive market, um, especially now, uh, and especially it yeah, too, uh, so yeah, yeah. What is you know?
1: Can't agree with you more.
0: Yeah, and so as far as you know, advice. I mean, you had uh, mentioned a couple of things, but to to make sure that you or some other like up and comer, uh, you know, recent grad. Stands out from the competition, whether it's on T or other fields, Uh, what is, you know, what are some other key things that they should do or look to do as far as getting that first job?
1: Um, Well, that's a good that's a good thing you mentioned that I think one thing I want to bring up that a lot of people might not consider is just your like extracurriculars because like in high school you have like your extracurricular like mm-hmm. you and i we did track and yeah. stuff like that just then some people just do it just to stay in shape but, like others they they do it just because it looks good uh, when they apply to college because they can kind of put down like oh i did like track i did cross country i did marching band and and schools see that so it's the same thing with the jobs so all the extracurriculars you do in uh in college so for example i was a member of like the track club team um, so I could put that down. I was a I was a member and founding father of uh, the Zeta Beta Tau Eta kappa chapter at Towson. So that that stuff like that, um, you never know when somebody might pick up on that and be like, oh, like hey, I am myself and also i am also a ZBT alumni, and like that's really cool. Like we have something in common. Um, or like running, somebody be like, oh, like I'm a runner myself. So like. Sometimes like you'll be at the job interview and you'll you'll just go off on a tangent and it'll turn into like a casual conversation just about stuff completely unrelated to the uh, to the job. Um, so I think that's kind of yeah, like I love that out there out there piece of advice for for some people who are who, you never know just it might it might make a difference.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure, extracurriculars are important, and I yeah. think you know sometimes people go to school they just want the the party experience, but.
1: Uh, whether you're oh, I mean, an yeah, athlete that, that's, whether that's you're a, that's important too <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah you know it is it is important um so yeah tell me you know walk me through Towson um I know a couple of other people who went to Towson you know how was that experience mm-hmm. as far as um you know going to Towson and and uh you know that whole experience with that
1: so um as you probably know i I started out in community college i didn't i didn't go straight to towson i um i went to howard community college for two years um got my associates of arts and general studies which is simple phrase for two extra years of high school in my opinion hey you know it's a smart decision
0: to save money that way yeah
1: i mean exactly yeah that's that's the way i saw it i'm saving money so i did that um was automatically, by doing that, you're guaranteed admission to any in-state school, like as long as like you didn't like fail. So I was <laughs> immediately like guaranteed acceptance to Towson by doing that. Um, at Towson, I, uh, that's where I like pursued my major in IT. Some people will like, I wouldn't even so call it a mistake, but it can potentially be an inconvenience if you try to major in your field of study starting in community college, because what will happen is the courses may not necessarily line up. And, like, Towson's IT major might have completely different classes than what's required at, a, like, Howard's IT major. So then what, mm-hmm. what you do if you do that is you basically kind of set yourself, like, a few steps back. It's not the end of the world, but, like, if you can avoid it, it will definitely help you out and potentially save you that extra semester extra year of school, thus also saving you money in the end. Um so that that's that's kind of why on my on my wonderful advisor's recommendation, she was truly like probably the most helpful person ever at Howard. <laughs> on her on her recommendation I uh decided to pursue like the general studies major so that I could just get my like cores out of the way, like English, um mm-hmm. math, that all that stuff. Um, so that when I got to Towson, I could basically focus on all of the like upper level IT and like computer science classes that were needed for specifically like the IT major. Um, so also, I think I'm trying to think what else was very I mean, joining joining the fraternity. I think that was like a huge thing, too, because it kind of brought me closer with like a large group of people. So um, I had uh, more friends, more people that I could kind of go uh, hang out with, party with. Even study with because they were big on uh, obviously like, making sure that everybody got good grades because that reflected on the fraternity itself. So they had study hours. So it was kind of like oh you don't have to go study alone. You can go to the library and kind of hang out <laughs> and study with with others. Kind of like a big happy family.
0: <laughs> in a yeah, way. that's that's awesome. And yeah, I yeah I couldn't you know say it any better. I mean, community college was a great choice. I actually studied uh, TV radio production. And then mm-hmm. picked up business at Stevenson. And um, mm-hmm. by doing that, it, it kind of uh, added a little bit of time, but not too much time. And yeah. it, it, it saved me money for sure.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, you know uh, speak, speaking of that, I, I think I, I remember I, I was on air at the Howard radio station probably like maybe once or twice. Do you know uh, Mike Gambino? He had me on for like the Dragon, like the sports show there. Yeah. Are you, are you familiar with that?
0: Yeah, yeah. That, uh, yeah, that was awesome.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I do remember I dabbled a bit in the in some of the the talk show radio stuff. So that, that's that's uh, that's cool that you bring that up. Yeah, yeah. Kind I mean, a huge uh, throwback yeah, for me. <laughs> yeah,
0: uh, yeah. Howard was great. I got. I mean, I was involved um, a lot at Howard and um, got involved at Stevenson as well. And you know, talk about being a transfer because I know you know you we both didn't come to college as freshmen, but you know, what was that experience like? You mean you got to a fraternity? So just talk about that transition of, of coming as a transfer to Towson.
1: Um, so in a way, it was kind of like unnerving on one side, but at the same time, it was kind of like exciting because <laughs> like it's a whole new experience. Like I'll be, I mean, not a lot farther away from home, but like <laughs> I'll, I won't be living, I won't be living at home anymore. So that was really exciting. To, um, to have that to look forward to. Um, I mean, thankfully, since I had a, I guess my wonderful advisor, it kind of made the, the whole process from like an academic standpoint, a lot easier and a much more seamless transition because virtually all of my uh, credits that I took at Howard transferred either directly as equivalent classes at Towson or at least as like general electives, which still is helpful because you, you need a certain number of those to graduate. Um, so I was all set from that standpoint um, in terms of like my social life I mean I was um, I was dating somebody at the time so that kind of just that kind of just that kind of just transitioned into Towson too even though that that didn't last very long because the whole like dynamics of community college and a four- year school are obviously like much different so that kind of put an end on things but also just like um, making new friends um, meeting new like people through the fraternity through the track club and just kind of meeting people at parties and the bars like that was that was kind of like at first it was like a lot but you, still, you you eventually start to get used to it and I guess somebody like me who just kind of thrives on like people's energy and is social and a really um, like an extrovert I think that's a good word for it, it it I think it makes it a whole lot easier to to transition from uh, living at home to kind of just living in the dorms constantly seeing people like every hour of the day and Always uh always walking around and um kinda just having fun and learning at the same time.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Uh I, I love that. And I was a commuter so it was a little bit different, but I basically did everything at college. The only thing I did mm-hmm. not do I didn't I didn't have a bed. <laughs>
1: I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, that's, I, that's important, too. <laughs>
0: I mean, I, I didn't, like, I spent so many hours at school, like, studying or hanging out with friends. Like, I basically lived there. The only thing I didn't have was, like, a room and a bed to sleep in. Like, I I could have lived there. Like, I, I mean, I guess I could have crashed at a friend's place. But, you know, I, I practically spent a lot of time there. And it's cool to come and hang out with people and friends and having that college experience and you know cuz i know now like with the pandemic a lot of people were strapped but what is your take on you know the college versus not college like what's your take on that
1: um so i feel like if you if you had asked me that question maybe like before i had gone to school or like before i had started college <laughs> i would have been like oh like if you can like choose to go to college you definitely should take it because that's kind of like what was ingrained in my head by my parents both of them <laughs> uh also being college graduates so when you when you don't really have any other like outside viewpoints you of course you're going to default to what your parents tell you but now after like graduating and uh meeting people and working with people who actually um they don't even have like college degrees they kind of just went straight into like the the workforce uh it's kind of changed my perspective on college a bit um i would say like definitely if you're focused on like if you want to focus on learning and kind of be in like an environment where you can Mm -hmm. Learn and like thrive and make new friends and yeah, college is great. But if you're looking to kind of just get into the trade or go into work right away, start making money and gain experience by working instead of uh, like getting a diploma. Like I think that's also like a great thing because nowadays you kind of trade degrees for years of experience. It's kind of that they're kind of interchangeable. So. i i I would definitely say i mean i definitely wouldn't say that if i went back i wouldn't go to school i'd probably still go to college but (laughs) i have definitely a much higher level of respect for um for somebody who didn't go to school and is kind of sitting at the same like sitting at the same like place in life as i am they have a full-time job uh making like a decent living for themselves (laughs) and uh i don't know like just being able to provide and and also just being like knowledgeable and like a well-rounded person because i think that 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 kind of was like the whole idea of college was to make you like a more well-rounded person by you going and learning english math um say like political science or, or <laughs> one one uh one class that i took that was required in an uh, in it major was uh, african-american literature so i think stuff like that where they kind of put in courses that Kind of make you look at different angles of life i think that's kind of like the really fantastic thing about going to college because you're exposed to all these different ideas and classes and concepts so i think that's kind of why i'm such a big proponent of, of going to school
0: yeah that that's great and i think it's important too. i feel like you know it, it's important to go and, and learn and continue continuing education it's huge um mm-hmm. but like you mentioned there are people that that don't take the college route and and that's mm-hmm. that's perfectly cool too so so i want yeah, like, to ask why do you think some companies like only hire college graduates um or why is that you know i know some people are like you know there's some leaders in you know and the around the world right now that are trying to change that but why is that still why do some organizations still feel that same way
1: so i think there're just some organizations that use that as like a bias where like <laughs> oh you just you need a college degree and i think that they just have that because they're either like a big corporation like um there's just like a hierarchy where basically manager after manager after manager gets pushed down on them they're like oh like they need a college degree like that's set in stone requirement never going to change but some of these other companies like the tech startups or like these um open-ended publishing companies like the one i work for they don't necessarily look for somebody who's a college grad like um, this, this is also going out on a tangent, but we had a lady at, this was well before me, but we had somebody working in it and her, her previous profession before that, like she was a stripper, like didn't go to school, wow. like our, our, uh, the boss at the time, he hired her. And, uh, one of the guys I work for right now, he, um, he went to college, uh, Towson actually for like two years. And then, um, I guess he got hired at 14 West as an intern and he just decided that instead of ending for the summer and going back to school that he was just going to work there full time and the uh 14 West was okay with that like they they encouraged him they said that we're not going to pay for your school but if you want to yeah. stay and work we'll gladly have you keep working and you can basically do whatever you want with school which maybe like i said five years ago i would have been like oh like that's that's like negative encouragement. Like that's, that's not good practice. But now I think like that's perfectly fine. Like, I think that's, that's acceptable and that can even be like a good route to go for, for somebody who may not like sitting in the classroom or feel that the whole concept of being a quote, well-rounded person is just like, not for them.
0: Yeah. I couldn't agree more uh, because I knew when I went to, when I graduated, uh, can you believe it's been, uh, it'll be 10 years next year that I- I graduated in 2011 that's crazy from Appleton.
1: Oh wow man that's that's wild. That's <laughs> unbelievable. I know. Yeah.
0: Um but so when I graduated initially I knew I wasn't going to going to go to college right away and it was funny mm-hmm. um because our first assignment in English class do you remember uh what's his name Mr. Sackett? Do you remember him? Oh yeah
1: I I didn't I didn't I didn't have him but yeah I I know the I know the dude
0: Oh yeah, man! Oh my gosh, he was—he was great. Our first assignment was you have to write a college essay, and I was thinking to myself, "Well, I know I'm not going to college right away," so I was like, "Is there any way to like, like, flip this up or you know alter it a little bit?" It was kind of interesting because I knew I was going—I was going to do—I went to broadcasting school for a year, and then I, you know, then I was like, "You know what? I do want to finish my degree." So. Uh, that that's what I did. And I think there's always alternatives, you know, and I think, you know, when I, when I graduated, I did it, I knew I wanted to go to school, but I knew that there was an alternate and having that, having that is important. Uh, it's, it's huge. And, and that's great that, you know, companies uh, consider that, but just, um, you know, moving on, you know, what, what did you like about Towson the most and why, you know, there's a lot of schools in, in Maryland, uh, what you know besides you know some of the you know <laughs> basic or this, obvious stuff, social what, aspects? Yeah, well, I, I guess, mean, what other stuff sure. was what what really piqued your interest in going to Towson?
1: Well, honestly, um, this is going to sound really simple, but Towson uh, and Frostburg those were the only two schools in Maryland that had like um specifically IT as a major. There are no mm. other schools in Maryland aside from um uh like UM UMUC like the online school. There're no other schools other than those two that have the IT major. And I couldn't really see myself going to Frostburg, so I guess Towson was kind of just like the obvious pick for me. So oh, okay. yeah, it really and, it really just it really it really just boiled down to that.
0: So when you say IT cuz I know there's like there's different majors in that.
1: Yeah, so there it's not even so much different majors within it. There are similar ones. There's IS, yeah. so IT stands for information technology, mm-hmm. and then there you have IS, which is information systems, which yep. is kind of like IT, but they put a, they put more of like a business spin on it, where you're taking like finance classes and micro and macroeconomics. And I, I honestly just I couldn't see myself doing that because every school <laughs> offers IS for some reason, but I I was more focused on that like concrete IT. And sometimes, like, I think back and, like, I wish, like, oh, I wish I could take a, have taken some of these, like, finance or economics econ classes because that kind of would make me, I guess, kind of understand what's what's going on, like, with the big picture in the world, like, today. Like, there's so much crazy stuff just going on, like, with corona, the um, like, stuff that we've, like, never seen before with, like, the stock market, the economy <laughs> tanking, unemployment, shooting up to, like, record high levels and probably are uh the highest it's ever been in both of our lifetimes and um just even like what all the all the stuff that's going on um in terms of politics today i just kind of wish that um sometimes i had taken these classes and that way maybe i i would have some more like insightful views on uh on on everything that's kind of just going on around the world today
0: I, I wouldn't recommend yeah. accounting. I would recommend econ or finance. Those were not not accounting. That accounting I took accounting. Oh yeah, I, no, definitely not. <laughs> accounting was not a fun. I I enjoyed my finance and economics classes, uh, but mm-hmm. definitely accounting was accounting. Man was brutal. <laughs> Ooh, I'm, like, I'm sure. Like finance, like finance was definitely. A better uh, because that's like investing and the business and like accounting Mm -hmm. was just accounting was not fun at all. But yeah, I can uh, understand that. So just you know, just as far as getting back to uh, you know IT and and what's going on. I mean, it's always changing, which is you know obviously you know the, the world in IT is constantly growing. You know, where do you see it if if you, you know, obviously we don't have a crystal ball here, but where do you see it in the next, you know, five years or short term, you know, even what are some changes that COVID has uh, created for the IT world?
1: Well, honestly, I think the, the biggest thing is the whole concept of people being able to work remotely because mm-hmm. that kind of, in a way, puts like a whole new level of, Demand on people who work in the IT field, in in some ways, a demand, and in some ways, uh, it makes their their lives easier because you may not necessarily be dealing with the customers face to face, but now that you're working with them from a like a distance, uh, like a distanced environment, it introduces some challenges, of course, such as not being able to meet face-to-face with the person mm-hmm. so that they can easily explain to you like what their what challenges they're uh experiencing but on the other hand you have new technologies such as zoom or webex or all the other um video conferencing platforms that people are able to take advantage of nowadays and that kind of kind of erases the distance so to speak moves everything closer so that it's easier for you to still meet face-to-face with your team members and the customers. Um, in terms of, I guess, to, to answer the second part of your question, where you see IT in 10 years, um, I would say that everything is kind of moving. Like nowadays, the, the big thing is like the cloud. Everybody, Everybody's heard of the cloud. <laughs> so I think in 10 years that we're just gonna embrace the cloud even more with companies like amazon and google and microsoft and apple can't can't leave them out they're (laughs) huge huge stakeholders in 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 what we call the cloud which is really just they have a ton of computers and storage space where they're able to like host people's content so instead of all of the individual organization's Um, paying for hardware and electricity and paying people's salaries to kind of keep all that infrastructure running in-house, they're going to outsource it all to these companies for a fraction of the cost and basically kind of change the whole dynamic of IT. So whereas like 10 years ago, you had like a systems administrator whose job it was to make sure that the company server was running at all times. What what what's happening now with a position like that is it's being outsourced to Amazon where you just kinda of pay a monthly premium and um a robot basically does that for you. <laughs> so uh in a way it's it, it's good because it saves the company money and it's a lot more efficient, but also it costs people's jobs and it forces people like us in IT to constantly be developing our skill set and learning new technologies in order to kind of secure our keep our job security to ensure that we are um, less likely to become a victim of basically the evolving, uh, the evolving nature of technology.
0: Yeah, that, that's fantastic. And, you know, it's interesting cause I'm over here at Cyber and that's what mm-hmm. we do. I mean, <laughs> we provide, you know, additional certifications, in the IT and cybersecurity space. And, mm-hmm. you know, as far as, um, you know, certain certifications, do you have any currently right now?
1: So I hold, um, I have one certification right now specific to this JIRA, uh, the company that develops the JIRA software. They're called Atlassian. They're an Australian company. They have um, different certifications that JIRA admins like like me can can get. So I hold oh, okay. a... So I hold a certification in like Jira project administrator. So basically I'm uh <laughs> what's what's a good word for it? I'm licensed and I'm a knowledgeable expert in helping people manage their project workflows within yeah. this specific Jira within this specific, specific JIRA application. In terms of like any other real certifications, I, I don't hold any. But kind of piggybacking on your point earlier about college versus just straight up experience certifications are another great way to kind of replace the diploma the whole concept of like the college degree if you can rack up these certifications from like cisco or other like big name companies not even so much like this atlassian like my i'm not like i i just got the certification because my boss told me i had to do it (laughs) um but if you can if you can uh trade work experience and certifications for the diploma. Like I think that's also a good route to go with uh, where you can leverage this on your resume or your LinkedIn and say like, Oh, I have these certifications. That makes me stand out from all the other applicants. And I think that's a really powerful tool that you can kind of levy against everybody else.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And you mentioned the cloud and the cloud is huge. It's it's going to be here forever. What are some yeah, risks? For
1: foreseeable future definitely.
0: <laughs> what what are some risks involved in some security um you know awareness that we have to be aware of when dealing with the cloud.
1: Um well, I guess the biggest one cuz you can really go on for for a while talking about that, but I'll <laughs> but I'll hit on some of the big points. The the main one is kind of just you have to realize that you're no longer in control of your data. You basically mm-hmm. are paying somebody else to hold on to your potentially confidential and (laughs) confidential information. So you have to be more vigilant in how, um, the company such as Amazon safeguard or how they claim they will safeguard your data. So I know there's, there's been incidents of like, I don't know, say firms like Dropbox or, um, uh, there's another one but yeah like they, they got hacked and basically yeah. what that means is or even like Experian like the, the giant uh, the credit reporting agency like they got hacked and that means that basically millions of people's like private and confidential information like social security numbers payment info okay. addresses phone numbers that all kind of just went into somebody's back pocket to to put it bluntly So uh, I think that's one thing you kind of have to really realize in an era where everything is no longer literally stored in your hand. You're just kind of, you're using your iPhone to constantly access stuff. You're pulling it out out of the cloud. It's never like really sitting on your device. You're always constantly like pulling it. It's living in the cloud and you're constantly accessing it. Like your Instagram, that doesn't live on your phone. That lives on, I don't know, some Facebook server, God knows where. And uh, same thing with, um, like, your email. Your email, even though it may be downloaded on your phone, it's still sitting... It's living somewhere in uh, Google's cloud, wherever they have their... uh, Wherever they have all their servers set up. So I think that's just the biggest thing. You just have to be, like, cognizant of where... uh, Who has your data and, like, what their responsibilities are for it and, and stuff like that.
0: So how do you safeguard something like that? Obviously... A course um, with a business, they don't want to get, they don't want to have, you know, things leak out or have a customer's information, um, you know, whether it's a customer, whether we're dealing with B2B or even B2C, you know, how do do we, what's the best way to safeguard that, um, you know, and prevent those types of hacks?
1: So really, um, I mean, that that more or less falls into the, like, the hands of the company. But as an end user or consumer, what you, what you can really just do is do your research, um, read up on like some of these companies, like just Google search them and see like if they've been hacked in the recent years. And if you um, if you can find an alternative uh, that seems to promise better security, then by all means go with them, even though they may not be as, like, as, as big of a name. So obviously, like, when, when it comes to, like, online storage, everybody's heard of Google Drive. And uh, but say, say, for example, like Google got hacked, um, you would you would probably not want to keep your stuff like in your Google Drive anymore. And you would probably look you <laughs> the, the ideal, the ideal solution would be to look for an alternative like provider, such as I'll give like a really like out there one, like Microsoft OneDrive or like box.box.com. <laughs> like stuff that like you wouldn't just like casually go to. So I think that's the biggest thing, just you, because you can't really, once you give them your data, there's only so much that you can do to control how they, um, what they do with it. And that's, that's actually an interesting point too, because now with all these like privacy, consumer privacy laws, such as uh, GDPR, which is like Europe's whole, uh, whole new set of privacy laws and CCPA, which the state of California passed their own like set of privacy regulations. It's kind of putting an iron fist down on all these companies where they have to be transparent in what they do with, with your data, like what they can and can't do and what, what rights you as a consumer have. So I think that's another thing that's starting to evolve and hopefully more um, states and countries around the world. And even companies will start to like adopt this like model of transparency where the consumer and uh, the company—they kind of have like this uh, relationship where both of them know what to expect. Where there isn't like hidden small print, or you just don't know what's, <laughs> what's going on with all the stuff you gave to them. So I think that's like a really cool thing that's that we're seeing like now.
0: Yeah, and privacy is huge. I mean, it's not like, and this blends into cybersecurity and IT. It's not like you know, you go into a building and all your information is in a secured location in a lockbox.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's exactly it
0: it's in the cloud wherever that is and it's mm-hmm. not as transparent as it used to be where information was stored at a physical location.
1: Yeah, like your flash like say your flash drive. Like in high school you would plug your flash drive into a computer. But now like <laughs> hardly it's crazy hardly anybody even uses flash drives anymore it's all uh oh like let me log into my google drive and find my presentation (laughs) Yeah, it's 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 crazy how that that has changed like over the years i've been at school like people were relying less and less on like physical storage as opposed to just relying on because it used to be like oh don't rely on like google drive like you always have to have like a copy of your powerpoint with you on a flash drive but that concept kind of slowly went away as these like hosting uh providers got more and more reliable and they could be trusted with, with um uh having your data ready at a moment's notice and not basically not failing you.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I'm gonna date myself here, but do you remember the floppy disk?
1: Oh yeah, of course. I mean, I I can't say I use them too much, but like yeah. I did mess around with them, when, like when I was a kid, like I was like, oh, this is cool. Like stick this plastic into a computer, and it literally has it has it has it doesn't even have room for like one one song. It has room for maybe like a couple word documents, and that's it.
0: <laughs> yeah, those are uh, you know the days. Those were the days. Yeah, man, poppy disks, CD players, MP3s. That was, uh, and then Apple took over the world. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah and that's actually funny too because even apple took over the world with like the iphone that's still technically like a medium of storage but now you have the whole model of like apple music spotify like it's not even a thing anymore to have music on your phone like the music now lives in the cloud and you're constantly just streaming it with the advent of um all these like unlimited data plans like nobody really pays attention to their how much data they've used or well, I know a lot of people don't. Yeah. So most people are actually able to leverage these like music plans and just kind of mindlessly like stream music and use easily like 20, 30 gigs a month without even blinking an eye.
0: Yeah. Spotify, Spotify is huge. And I, you know, I was never a proponent of Apple Music because I was not a proponent of paying for a song or per song. I just, I never liked that model. Uh, to be honest, mm-hmm. and I was. Oh, you mean you I, mean like
1: the iTunes Store? That's what you're. Yeah, talking about. like
0: yeah, I didn't like oh, yeah, yeah, how yeah. how I had to pay for a song, or mm-hmm. like the album for twenty bucks. Like Spotify yeah. was great in how they how they did the subscription and just paying a monthly fee for everything.
1: Yeah, <laughs> they kind of they they kickstarted like the whole thing. Like the that concept that Spotify had was definitely like I would say like a a very um, revolutionary idea that's that's a, definitely like a good way to put it
0: yeah spotify netflix and chill you know
1: yeah oh, there you go <laughs> yeah I mean, you, netflix you... too i mean you used to wait sorry i i cut you off what were you saying
0: no no it's just uh yeah we're spotify netflix and blockbuster
1: No, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, blockbuster that's that's funny you mentioned that one you, you <laughs> Do don't remember uh, that? you don't you uh vaguely i mean yeah. i i'm more so i more so remember redbox I actually um,
0: okay yeah
1: the other day maybe, maybe like a week ago actually they still have redboxes around here where i live so my roommate oh, and wow. i we just casually went to one and we got a redbox and then we realized that like oh wait we don't have like a dvd player so i had to go get like my ps4 and luckily that that thing like obviously still plays like discs <laughs> but it was still cool and like nostalgic nostalgic to go and uh to to be able to like pay for pay 2 pay two dollars to rent a dvd and um enjoy that and then just kind of bring it back as opposed to like paying like the monthly subscription to netflix and yeah just having like a their hand-picked variety of what they want you to be watching or what they yeah. like paid for license that you can watch
0: exactly and are you in baltimore or where are you located now
1: so I'm I'm technically in Baltimore City, but I you you can basically just call it like south of Towson.
0: Oh okay. Um,
1: but I, I am I am moving down like within the next month I'm moving down to Fed Hill. So I'll actually be like legit like downtown.
0: Oh nice. Oh so,
1: yeah, but yeah, Baltimore, uh I've been in Baltimore basically since I've graduated. Never uh kinda never really went back, uh never really went back home to my parents' surprise. So I've kind of just been living it up out here.
0: Hey man, that's that's awesome, man! Living the dream. Mm-hmm. I, uh, you know, yeah, it's, yeah. that's all you can ask for.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely. No, it's it's great. I'm. It's always glad to to like be as as independent as possible, and but at the same time also like still, still have like your family and friends to fall back on.
0: Yeah, yeah no doubt. You Are you about eat? to uh, eat some dinner?
1: Yeah, yeah. You probably you probably heard me running the microwave in the background. <laughs> I'm I'm about to I'm about to make something to eat.
0: Yeah, yeah. What's uh? What's your dinner of choice tonight?
1: Um, I mean, I, I just made some... Uh, I've been meal prepping for the week, so I just have some beef stew that is supposed to... It's going to last me through the week, at least.
0: So nice, nothing, man. Nothing fancy. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. you kind of, <laughs>
1: with the whole... I guess the one nice thing about working from home is you have more time to kind of, like, cook every night where as opposed to when you... Or uh, your whole day revolves around your commute and, like, your time spent at work. The whole meal that's where the whole meal prepping comes in, but I guess I haven't really rotated back out of that, so I'm still meal prepping even though like I still spend the entire day at home and I have plenty of time to actually cook something more uh i don't know aesthetically pleasing or like something that better. <laughs> whereas whereas I can just like eat something that I'm strictly just eating just to eat
0: yeah it's it's awesome man i I love that well. Uh, I want to mm-hmm. keep you, it was great to have the conversation, man. really enjoyed it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Adam. I, I really appreciate you hitting me up. And I know you, you actually found me on LinkedIn and it was nice to reconnect with you and I'm glad all is well with you. And I'm, I'm really glad you invited me onto uh divorce force.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love, yeah. What, you're Hell yeah, yeah. No, I love what you're
1: doing here. And, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to catching up with you. We gotta, we gotta meet up sometime. Hopefully when, I don't know, like, I guess, whatever happens with, uh, with all this and hopefully at some point things will go back to normal and maybe we can link up and uh just kinda catch up.
0: Yeah, man, totally down for that and uh yeah, I appreciate you taking the time tonight, Gary, and uh yeah, enjoy your dinner.
1: Appreciate it, man. Hey, I'll talk to you later. Thanks again.
0: No problem and uh have a good night.
1: You too.